Welcome everybody, my name is Terry L. Cyrus, I'm the creator and host of Prepare for Takeoff, and we're the podcast where we are here to amplify black excellence, whether you're a proven professional, whether you're a rising entrepreneur, we want to sit down and talk to you and see how you prepare to, for, for takeoff as it relates to your journey, you know, like we feel that it, a lot of people who are coming up in the game, you know, it's very important for them to see black excellence. You can't necessarily be what you don't see, right? And here today with us, we have a brother that really needs no introduction. And he's really my brother from another mother. Um, you know what? I, I can't say enough things about him. Bruce Joris, you know, he's a, he's legendary. He has multiple legacies under his belt, whether you're talking Deaf Poetry Jam, the Bandana Republic, and now Jeans is Common. So I wanted to welcome everybody uh, give it up for Bruce George. What's up, Bruce? Yo, peace and blessings, brother Terry Cyrus, my bro from another mother. How are you, sir? Hey, man, I'm blessed, man. Blessed and highly favored. You know how we do, man. Yeah, so exactly yeah. how we do. You know, I have to shout out. First of all, I would like to thank the good Lord for blessing me to be here before you. I want to thank you, my bro Terry, for having me on your show. Prepare for takeoff. Got a shout out that outspoken media. The founder of that got a shout out the outspoken media. Um, and I want to thank everybody that's watching live and archiving. And thank you all for uh, tuning in. So it's a blessing to be here. You know, I wouldn't miss this for the world, my bro. You know, um, love what you're doing. You're doing great work, and I thank you for that. I appreciate that, man. So, you know what? Obviously, I know your backstory, but many people that's watching, they may not know it. So tell me a little bit about your backstory on, you know, how your journey got started and, and how that journey led you to here. Okay. So I'm a lover of God, child of God. My work is my ministry. I'm a social activist. I was born in Harlem, raised in the Bronx. I lived in Brooklyn for 15 years. I'm a New Yorker to the Pumpkin, the Centaurs, they were sent. Four legacies under my belt that I'm blessed with. You know, one is one of the founders of Deaf Poetry Jam on HBO with Russell Simmons. But we wound up getting the Peabody Award for six seasons on HBO and the Tony Award for the Broadway version. And I was the town executive at HBO and executive consultant to the Broadway show, as they say, in history. Um, you know, founder of the Band and the Republic, which is a literary anthology by gang members and affiliates, a poetry, prose, short stories, and poetry and interviews from gang members and gang leaders and those affiliated. Brother Terry, as you already know, never been done before. You know, you have all these different street tribes, street organizations under one umbrella, um, which is the Band and the Republic. And so the Crips, the Bloods, the Latin Kings, the Northern and Southerners, Mexican Mafia affiliates, crews, clicks, sets. It was smuggled into the security housing unit of Pelican Bay and the Mexican Mafia blessed it. So what my attempt mm. was, and I was blessed to be able to do that, is to have all of these street tribes or street organizations to come under one literary umbrella so they could express their truth, right? And they did it in a, in a very seamless way and fashion. Shout out all of those street tribes and street organizations. They call them gangs when they don't have leadership. Right, mm. that's deep. You know, and then um, the founder, I'm the founder of the Band and the Republic. Of course, I said that, and then the founder of Genius is Common Movement. The Genius is Common Movement is the first, you know, movement to decolonize the word genius ever since its etymology. So I'm, I'm looking forward to you and I unpacking that. I mean, that's a lot to unpack, man. I mean, I'm just in awe of all of what you've been able to accomplish. And a lot of the things that you've accomplished, man, they've had such a social impact as it relates to life as we know it, especially in entertainment, starting with Deaf Poetry Jam. Um, poetry was something that people were more than aware of, realizing that it's taken on many art forms, whether hip-hop, you name it. But, like, have you always been a lover of poetry? Like, what led you to Deaf Poetry Jam and, and, and how that happened, you know, to make it, right. to, to have all the success that it had? Yeah, that is a good question. I just shout out my mother, Elaine Georgia Sarrow, who was the first published poet in my family. She would always use these exotic words around me, and as a result of that, I fell in love with words. And so from there, I started writing poetry at a very young age, like a lot of people do, you know, they love poems and stuff like that. And so, got into love poetry, got into poetry, and then eventually, as I became politicized, and I got into literature, you know, what is called protest poetry, the protest literature, mm. reading it, studying it, writing it, and then one thing led to the other way. I was able to morph into the whole spoken word scene, uh, want to become a spoken word artist, won multiple contests, 
make my bones, you know what I'm saying? And then work my way up among the ranks. And then one thing led to the right. I was able to be one of the founders of Death Coaches on the HBO. We won, you know, getting a Peabody Award for 16th grade school and a 200 Award for the Broadway version. And I thank God for that. Thank all of the poets uh, that were on the show that made it happen. You could be an executive producer all day, every day, but if you don't have the poets that's put in the work, then it's for naught. Right. And so I thank the poets, uh, the, the other executive producers, uh, you know, Deborah Plunner, Denny Simmons, of course, Russell Simmons, all, everybody. Teamwork makes the dream work. He was the old adage. So it was a great, it was a great venture. It helped extend the shelf life of poetry. And we caught the world in a very reflective state. And as a result of that, we were able to feed them the truth. And as you already know, people are there hungry for the truth. You know, um, God says in the Bible, and so it did its thing. It did what it was supposed to do. And I thank God for that. You know, and I'm excited about the band in the Republic, what that has done and what it's doing. I'm excited about the Jesus coming to Right. And just those accolades. And I noticed, because I know you're a humble brother, but I know you glossed over like Peabody. That's major, bro. Yeah, a Peabody. A t- yeah. Yeah, we want to get a Peabody well, I, Award for six seasons and HBO and Tony Award for the Broadway version. And the Mikey Award from the legendary Media Rickens Cafe. Uh, you know, so I thank God for that. And, um, you know, you got to keep it humble, bro. I mean, because it's not about the highest, it's about the we. It's not about the individual. It's about us as a collective. You know, and I'm a mm. believer that, you know, there's no such thing as really a founder because we're really co-founders because we're co-creators. Right? We all co-creators. Mm. nothing new the sun, bro. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything has been done. Everything has been thought of. Everything is the collective unconscious, right? You know, and the collective consciousness, the collective unconscious and the collective consciousness that we draw from. We all draw from that well, right? I'm a believer, so that's the God source, a divine God source with me that you draw from. Some people call it source energy, you know, whatever you want to call right. it. We all are drawing from something, you know. Don't let operates in the back. Right, and you know what, just as you're talking, the, the thing that came to mind is, if someone were to say, how would you describe Bruce George? I would say he's a conscious creator. Everything that you have created has a consciousness behind it. And and I think a lot of times, the, you know, with the creativity that we see on television or we hear on the radio, there's not a lot of consciousness tied to it. And I mean, I salute you realizing that you gave all of the legacies that you've touched on. It gave people the opportunity to express themselves in a very conscious and in, an intentional manner. You know, I remember, you know, going, you know, courtesy of you going to the tapings and just some of the things that you would hear from people, whether it was common, whether it was um, Smokey Robinson and just all of the different things, how they were able to express themselves in a way that you may have never seen them express themselves. You gave them that platform, you and your co-founders. The same holds true for the Bandana Republic. You know, these are gang members and their affiliates that gave them the opportunity to express themselves in a, in a, in a very positive manner because let's face it, a lot of times, you know, disagreements happen because of there their being a misunderstanding, a lack of communication. Now these brothers are able to express themselves, express how, you know, they're made to feel based on the atrocities that they know to be their reality and to give them a platform to express that in a in a very favorable manner and to have, you know, Jim Brown write the forward to the Bandemic Republic, you know, the late Jim Brown, that's major. Mm-hmm. And now, so I want to kind of bring it up to speed with the with um, the Genius is Common movement. I don't know you have you know a presence all over the world globally. You have a number of different celebrities. You have people from every walk of life. You know, talk us you know t- talk us through like how that came about and you know where, where you are with the movement. Okay, so thank you for sharing the platform for me. Better to do that, I really appreciate this show that you had, my bro. Prepare for takeoff. Um, what's interesting is that that's a very powerful metaphor. You know because you just oppose it to a pilot, right? A lot of people don't know this. They think landing is the most challenging part. No, taking off is the most landing, most challenging part of mm. taking off, right? And so with our careers, a lot of times what's most challenging is us being able to start something and stay with it. You know, um, that's the challenging part. But you can't think. God says in the Bible, we are killed all day long, but we think not. I carry faith. I have enough faith to give away, I have the favor of Job. That's my key right there. That's the secret to my source. 
is that faith in God, faith within myself. So when I'm taken off with these different projects, pun intended, I'm able to have the fuel to keep going and to not run out of gas and to continue to navigate the, the shark-infested waters, right? You know, because life shows up. You know, you have what is called the big institutes of life. So you have to be prepared for that. And if you don't have enough faith and wherewithal to do that within yourself and within the God within you, you're not going to make it. You know, you're not going to be able to do it. You know, and so with that said, and then also with the landings, you know, everything has a season. You know, everything is not going to always be gravy. You know, there's going to be times when things are going to be popping for you and then things are going to slow down. That is the vicissitudes of life. Um, you know, um, the Buddhists say it, the Buddhists say it best, everything inter R and inter B. You know, lows has the seeds of highs. The highest has the seeds of lows. Good has the seeds of bad. Right has the seeds of wrong. Love has the seeds of hate. Everything has a polar opposite, right? But you have to learn how to navigate that. So to answer your question, a genius is kind of movement, uh, metaphorically speaking, is the first movement to put the word genius on trial. Mm. The first movement to tear down the Berlin Wall of the word genius and put it in the hands of the people where it belongs. So you take a young lady from a housing project that micro braids hair like Picasso painted, that's a genius. Dave Chappelle is a genius or a comedian. Bishop T.D. Jakes is a genius or Bishop. So my genius is kind of movementary. We're the first one to let the world know that they've been lied to in relationship to the word genius. So when they say you're only a genius if you have 130, 140 IQ and Mensa, that's pure nonsense, bro. That was an arbitrary number made up at Stanford University to make you 1% of the population, which is rooted in elitism. They don't want you to know that the true origin of the word genius doesn't just apply to intellect. Even Einstein said we're all geniuses. And if you were to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, you would spend its life believing that it's stupid. The philosopher Buckminster Fuller said that every child is one a genius, but the process of life degeniuses. The German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer said that talent is to target that no one else can hit, but genius is to target that no one else can see. So Terry, we're the first movie to let the world know that the true origin of the word genius comes from the word genie. Out of mm. Africa. Not in Sharon. And the genie is the guiding tutelary spirit within each of us. So the genius in us is the genie in us. And the genie in us is the God or, or source energy in us we've been lied to. Look at the word genie in Genesis. Right? Genesis is the beginning. God is the Alpha and the what? Omega. The Omega. Look at the word genie in your genes. Your genes is your whole makeup of who you are. So as we used to say, the cat is out the bag and the jig is up. We're the first movement to take mm -hmm. leadership out of the word genius. That's the unanswered So tell you, so how the movement, um, it got started, it got started from one of my quotes because I would go around the country and I would ask the youth, when you hear the word genius, what image comes to mind? And they would always say Einstein or a light bulb. And every now and then I would get a Jordan and I trouble me. He said, you know what? Mm. Let me write a quote about that. And the quote is, notwithstanding Einstein or in spite of Einstein, genius is common. Then that turned into the slogan, genius is common, was turned into an entire movement. Uh, as we speak, by God's grace, we have a presence in all 50 states, 19 countries with 47 ambassadors in Rome. God will do it. We have a presence in Jamaica, Barbados, Ghana, Kenya, Dubai. Norway, Nigeria, the UK, Canada, Bahamas, St. Lucia, Germany, Denmark, South Africa. We're about to have a presence in the Dominican Republic and Panama. Uh, you're talking to the head honcho, money we can own it, trademark the copyright. We are a YouTube video based movement, TikTok based movement, Facebook movement, mm -hmm. and Facebook group movement. You know, our Facebook group has over 22,800 members. Our TikTok has over what? Uh, 4,800 videos. We average it like a minute on those videos. And our hashtag mm. has over 2.6 million views. Uh, the words genius is common is number one on Google. My name is Bruce George is number one on Google and I'm Google Verified. And the movement was downloaded into my spirit in the latter part of 2014. So that's exponential growth. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, it's growth, it's, it's blessed. It's a very blessed movement because God is in it. And there are a lot of antennas and a lot of people that's involved in it. And I shout out every last partner ambassador, member, supporter, who are in the Geniuses Coming Movement, who are about to join us, the Geniuses Coming Movement, right? Um, I shout out to every last one of us. Again, teamwork makes the dream work. So the movement is doing well. We're the first movement to make history. 
uh, with the first movement, as I said earlier, the first movement to decolonize the word genius ever since the set of mind. I mean, I, a lot of what you said, I had no idea, like as far as the, where the word comes from mm-hmm. and the, the, you know, how it ties to our spirit. And that kind of leads me to my next question. I'm always talking about, you know, following your passion and your passion will lead you to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Like at what point in time did you realize that you were able to find your purpose professionally by way of fo- uh, following your passion? Was, was it before the legacies? Was it something that led up to the legacies that you spoke about today? Mm-hmm. Just kind of unpack that. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that I hear all the time when I'm talking to people there's a lot that they want to do, but they allow the enemy to steal that passion through fear. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, the most the, the, the most difficult thing, and that's kind of, you know, hence the name, prepare for takeoff. That is, that's the most difficult thing to kind of start the process, whether you're saying, hey, I want to lose weight. The most difficult thing is to start the process. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to pursue something you're passionate about to start that process. When did your process start where you were so intentional about, hey, look, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to show up. I'm a conscious creator. Was that something prior to that poetry jam? Was that something that just happened organically? Yeah, or organic. you know, A great question. It was organic. Um, I mean, you know, you, you, take a, you take stock of your life and you get tired of seeing everybody else getting it in and not getting, you know, getting it in, you know, other races specifically, you know, um, you know, um, there's a book called Why Should White Guys Have All The Fun, you know, and, and that's, that's real talk, you know what I'm saying, and why should they have all the fun? You know, I think it was Reginald Lewis, I think, about that, I'm not sure, but don't quote me on that, but, mm-hmm. you know, why should white guys have all the fun, you know, and you just get tired of just, just living a very mediocre life, and so, and then you have the sense of, I deserve better, right? And so I started to become more conscious of the fact that I could change my situation. So I started watching mm-hmm. a lot and reading, because I'm, I'm an avid reader, I'm a voracious reader, so I'm reading books on motivation and, and how to raise your self-esteem and you know um, how to uh, be a better person, how to go into business. And then... I have a very spiritual foundation to me. That's that's the real thing is that I have a very spiritual foundation to me. And God said that we are the head and not the tail, right? And so I believe that, and I, I believe that, and I still believe that. But I'm the head and not the tail because, you know, I'm a part of the chosen ones as being a believer in God. So as a result of that, I just started to, with the faith that I had, increase that faith. And increase that faith. And increase that faith. And then... To the point right now where nothing and no one can stop me from doing what I'm going to do. Because I'm armed up. You know, God says in Ephesians that this is a war not of the flesh, but of the spirit. You know, speaking in high places and principalities. But you must arm yourself with the Lord in order to withstand the fiery darts of the wicked. I arm myself with his word. So by me getting into God's word, that was the game changer for me. You know, knowing that I'm the head and the tail, knowing that, you know, God would not start something in me and, and, and not finish it, that he is the author and finisher of my faith, that Christ is the author of my faith. So as a result of that, that's what I lean on. That's what I rely upon is the God within me, you know, and my faith. And as a result of that, I just, I go by spirit. He said, lean not towards your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct the path. So I listen to spirit. I'm a meditator. You know, and I'm a prayer. I'm a meditating man and I'm a praying man. And as a result of that, I'm able to listen to that spirit that says, don't go left, go right, don't go right, go left. But if you don't have either God in your life or you don't have some spiritual force in your life, then you're living your life like a ship without a rudder. You're just meandering through life. And, you know, you're not going to go anywhere because you just don't have any guidance. You don't have any focus. So... I'm focused, as Jay-Z said, I'm focused, man. You know, and focused, man. I mean, you know what? I'm just in awe of just listening to you. And and I've known you for almost 20 years. And then every time we have a conversation, I learn something different. You know what? Let me ask you this question. What who were some of the people who influenced, you know, your career path, how you how, how you approach things? both professionally and personally? Are there any mentors along the the way or did you just rely primarily on your uh, spiritual connection to or, or your higher power? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of um, a lot of things. Um, you know, um, Russell Simmons played a big part. You know, so shout out to Russell Simmons, you know, him being a mogul, right? Um, and somebody that looks like me, right? Um, it inspired me. And I said to myself, I remember when, you know, that poetry jam at the very beginning, um, when I was a part of it and I had access to Russell, the, the old Rush Communications platform office, I had an opportunity to see him move and operate. And I was like, I was in awe of him. I was like, this dude is like handling so many different businesses and so many different meetings. And without even a pen on paper, it was all by memory, how he would go from one meeting to the next. I was like, wow. And then I said, if he could do it, I can do it. You know, I said, if you could do it, I think as far as on the business tip and striving to be a mogul, right? But prior to him, it was all spiritual. You know, it was all spiritual uh, influence. Uh, and then also, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I would call myself a cool nerd. Though. I'm a nerd. I study a lot. Of reading. <laughs> you know, reading a lot of books from intellectuals and different things of that nature, you know, that really got me into just thinking beyond my current situation, circumstance, you know, so I'm not just in the third dimension, I'm in the fourth dimension, I'm not striving for the fifth dimension. I don't, I'm not three-dimensional, but I'm just staying at the dimension beyond that. You know, I, I hopscotch in between the third and the fourth dimension. So that's a whole nother. So when, when we talk about the dimensions, because I talk about that all the time, it's sad but unfortunately true. People in our community we're very one-dimensional. We sometimes struggle with being two-dimensional. And to talk about three three and four-dimensional, having a three and four-dimensional mindset, I mean, that just kind of speaks to what has allowed you to continue to, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, exceed over and beyond where your peers, you know, may have found themselves. Because I'm sure along the ways, I mean, I've been there myself where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you all start out on this journey and you're like, hey, this is what we're going to, you know, pursue professionally and then when that road starts getting a little more difficult than we anticipate you know the whole saying the you know the low the the the, um the the road that's that's less traveled Mm -hmm. because a lot of times once that as as you continue to ascend i mean let's face it bro that the the temperature changes (laughs) and now a lot of times people elect they elect to turn around but you know you i i I can get thinner the higher it gets thinner you it know, gets thinner and thinner. Oxygen, you need to be able to really breathe through that. Um, I like that metaphor. About that. You know, but let me break down the third and fourth dimension. Um, okay. The third dimension for people that are unaware. The third dimension is with height, with depth, deals with past and present, right? And so people, I mean, there's the, the past. And people, people don't, you know, they're, they're not in the present. They're either fearful of the, they're, they're, they're remorseful of the past fearful of the future, right? Mm, all we have mm-hmm. is right now. The future doesn't exist. All we have is right now. It's been said that when you get to the present, all you have is now, right? And so people get caught up in the third dimension. The third dimension is going to work, paying bills, raising a family, right? You know, paying your taxes. That's all third dimensional things, right? Raising your children, taking care of your, you know, your parents as they're getting older, being in, being supportive of them, and you know, all of those things. Those are all third dimensional things, but that's how mm-hmm. the status quo controls you. They control you in you being confined to just the third dimension, and they control you with fear, right? Mm-hmm. And fear is a control mechanism that not only the government uses, but institutions of religion uses it to control people. The school system uses it to control people. Let's break that down. The government uses locking you up as a form of fear to control you. You better do certain things or you're going to get locked up. The school system controls you by fear of failing your grades and not passing. The religious mm. institutions uses fear of going to hell, of falling out of place. Right? Mm. So all mm-hmm. the different institutions use this fear in different ways, but it's all about control. Right? Mm. Believers, and this is all biblical, we overstand and realize the fact that we weren't given a spirit of fear, but our love and Why does right. this quote don't want us to have God in, in the school system? 
prayer in school? What is the status quo that controls us? Don't want us to have to get into yoga. Don't want us to pray. Don't want us to meditate. Because when you pray and you meditate, you are going from the third dimension to the fourth dimension. Every time you lay yourself down to sleep at night, I want this word sleep or rest at night, your soul leaves your body. You are astroplaning from the third dimension to the fourth dimension. Why do you think your ancestors that have passed, they come to you in your dreams? They come to you in your dreams because you've morphed from the third dimension to the fourth dimension. And so when you pray, you go from the third dimension to the fourth dimension. When you meditate, you go from the third dimension to the fourth dimension. When you pray, you are going from the third dimension to the fourth dimension, and you are in contact with your God, or your, whoever you would consider your God. Right? And so by you raising your vibration, the higher you raise your vibration, the higher you are morphing from the third dimension to the fourth dimension, the higher up you are going within the fourth dimension. So I want to mm. break that down to keep it as simple as possible. So I would implore your audience to start getting into prayer and meditation. Raise your vibration. Stay away from low vibrational people, places, and things. Watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. You know, I have to tell my brother every time I turn, I'm telling my brother to stop watching the news all the damn time about World War Three, World War this. If there's a World War Three, there would be nobody on the planet. Don't believe the hype. Right. Don't believe the hype. I fed into that at one time, and I had to check myself. I had to check myself. I started feeding into that, and I was like, why am I feeding into that? Because I was digested. Mm -hmm. I no longer believe that narrative. You know? So yeah, I did with a lot of... War and rumors of war. None. Right. And and I, I know um, a lot of people when the banking systems, some of which, you know, they were talking about the banks that people couldn't get their money out in California. You know, that kind of fed into the narrative of like, oh, you know, the end is near. And, and you're right. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they'll use fear as a means to control you. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think to your point, you know, God doesn't give us that 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 spirit of fear god you know god wants us to have whatever is in here this is the the devil's workshop <laughs> your there mind you go. There you go this is the de that's the devil's workshop there's a quote that says right. the mind, there's a quote that says the mind is its own place it can make up heaven or hell or hell of heaven mm, that's deep the mind is its own place it can make a heaven of hell or hell of heaven even in the bible god says we are not the file of what comes in us with the file of what comes out of us. He says, death and life lies within the power of the tongue. And those that love it, we eat the fruit thereof. So what comes out of your mouth is what you manifest. Right? And right. anything that comes after I am, because God, anything, that's God is I am. I, he said, let them know that I am that I am. Right? Anything that, right. that I am, right? Is, is you have to watch whatever you put after that because you can, for the believers that are listening and watching and, you know, you are having his name in vain when you say I'm sick or I'm, a, I'm afraid or I'm depressed or I'm anxious. You're using his name in vain. Do not put his name in vain. So anything after I am should be honorable. I'm blessed. Mm. I'm, I'm fabulous. I'm amazing. You know? I'm blessed and highly favored. You would never hear me say I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm depressed or I'm anxious. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying <laughs> to make it. No matter what goes right. on, no matter what goes on. We all have parents. When you reach a certain age, your parents start getting older, right? Mm -hmm. You start reaching a certain age where pretty soon it will be time for them to transition. If you don't transition before that, right? Right. But I'm. You know, you have to be at peace with that. My mother, God bless her, she's still with us. Survivor, she's a survivor of breast cancer, survivor of this whole COVID pandemic situation. 87, up there in age. And you see her declining. But you know what though, if the Lord, by God's, God forbid, if the Lord would have transitioned her today, the first words that's gonna come out of my mouth is thank you Lord for blessing me to have my mother for 60 years. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having, because a lot of people didn't have their mother this long. A lot of people, you know, their, their mothers have transitioned very, very early on. So thank you for blessing me that. But I'm not mad at you, God. You know, mm -hmm. when you are a believer, you're built differently. Think that 
look at the world differently. We don't look at death as something that's final. Peter said the best. He said to be absent from the body of the Lord. If anything, you need to be grieving for the fact that your butt is still here, suffering. <laughs> right. Going through. If any, you need to grieve for yourself. You still here suffering. Right. Coming out of suffering. Right. Absolutely. You know they're going Absolutely. into peace, and you still here going through the big institutes of life. So, just wanted to add that. Yeah, that's deep, man. I mean, and luckily for me, I'm blessed with my parents. My my dad will be 89. Um, his birthday uh, coming up, and my, you're black, don't crack. You know what I'm saying? My my mom is 81. Uh, she had she had a knee surgery. Yeah, man, she had knee surgery in February, and by May she was in Puerto Rico at my nephew's wedding. You know, doing the wobble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you live right, you age right. Right, I like that. Yeah. That's that, hey, that that's bars right there. You live right, you age right. When you live right bars. You know, when you live like you age right. I mean, there's people my age and your age. And I'm like, damn, they give our age a bad name. Like, damn, dude. Toe <laughs> up from the flow up. Flow up. I'm like, damn, dude. They look it, sound it, walk it, talk it. I'm like, damn, nice. You gotta watch what you put in your mouth, what you put in your spirit, what you put in your heart, how you live in. You know what I'm saying? You know, Dr. Miles Monroe Absolutely. Said, Dr. Miles Monroe said the best, God bless him. He said, you don't break the law, the law breaks you. Mm. I wrote a quote where I said, no matter how low you keep your wickedness, karma knows how to limbo. Right? <laughs> Facts. Facts. That's big facts. That's big facts. I mean, so I mean, when you, when you hear you talk, man, like I, I, we have these conversations all the time. But you know, to our viewers, this is this may be the first time they're hearing you. But I know not only do you do podcasts, you do interviews. I know you were on the Tavis Smiley show recently. You also do appearances all over the country, whether you're talking colleges and universities. I mean, quite frankly, if I didn't know anybody, I said this brother must be a professor at Columbia or something. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, because there's so much that you have to pour into, you know, the generation of today. Uh, my question is, how and why is it so important for our, you know, present generation to hear these words of wisdom from brothers like yourself? I think it's very important because um, there's a movement afoot to keep us dumb, deaf, and blind. There's a movement afoot to make us unconscious or keep us unconscious, right? We have to mm -hmm. reverse engineer that because we've been engineered to be distracted, right? And that's how the status quo gets you, is through distraction. You know, sports and entertainment and while you knowing who, you know, what football player, knowing all the stats, basketball stats, soccer stats, all these different stats, right? You know, all of these different stats. But what are you doing for you? What are you doing for your own legacy, right? Are you building your own legacy? Are you paying attention to what's going on politically that's affecting you and your family? All of those things, is, it's a movement of put to, to, to distract us from what's really going on, you know? And you got to be aware, my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's straight in the Bible. People perish for lack of knowledge. And so... We have to be aware of our surroundings, what's going on, but we to be able to understand why we do the way we discuss And that's why, you know, I am always making myself aware, studying constantly. I study every single day. Frederick Douglass said the best. He said, power conceives nothing without a demand. Well, you know, and for anybody that's listening to me and they say, this guy have all these quotes, you know, one of my geniuses is that I'm a master quotologist. You know, I've been mm -hmm. a quotologist for over 40 years. You know, a lot of people know that. You know, um, I'm quoted around the world every nanosecond. The amount of quotes that I have the memory is like Guinness Book of Records. You know, but I put the work in. You know, um, mm -hmm. power conceives nothing without a demand. Well, you know, whatever you get out is what you put in. So I would implore your audience that no matter what you get into, whatever field you get into, when you decide to do that, then you are responsible for learning it inside and out. You can't just dip your toe in anything. You gotta bring 100% of yourself to the love table, right? 
you got to bring 100% of yourself to the table. You can't just dip your toe in it. So if you are watching this and you want to get into real estate, you need to damn near eat, drink, sleep, and breathe real estate. You know, we're in a communication age. There's no excuse. Excuses are the tools of mental incompetence. Those that build upon it will have built nothing but, and create nothing but building more excuses. So you have to really just focus on that thing and mastering it. Mm -hmm. Google, YouTube. I'm a Google head and a YouTube head. There's no excuse for you to not know. Everything is in plain sight, right? You know, but the reason why a lot of people don't get into it because they're distracted, as I was alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that leads me to my next question. So let's say you're 25, you hear all of, you know, what you've been able to afford our listeners to and, and those who are watching, our viewers. Uh, what what would be the first step to prepare for takeoff as it relates to, hey, I want to get into the literary world. Hey, I want to become an actor. Hey, I want to go into real estate. I want to, you know, find myself on Wall Street. I think to your, I think a lot of those things, the trajectory on how you prepare for takeoff, let's face it, no matter if you're on Delta, whether you're on United or you're on um, any airway, he can be spirit. <laughs> you, know, the, you know, how you take off is all the same. I think the same most true, for, you know, for whatever profession you're finding yourself um, sitting into. So what advice would you give anybody who's looking to um, prepare their sin professionally? Great question. God has this amazing sense of humor, Terry. We give us the so-called free will to do what we want to do. But the fine thing we can tell you, until you do what I instilled in you to do, you never be happy, and you never have purpose. You see, what a lot of mm. people don't realize is that, and I'm talking to believers now, that you know, you we were all ordained to do what we're doing before we were born. Ordained. Nothing happens in the vacuum. Nothing happens. Thus, as in the Bible, before I formed you, I knew you, right? There are a lot more ordained ministers out of church than in church. You see somebody flipping burgers? That's an ordained minister. See somebody cleaning the streets, that's an ordained minister. Somebody that's cleaning the hotel, that's an ordained minister. There's no such thing as a menial job, that's an elitist. So to answer your question, the first thing you need to do is to be still and listen to the spirit of what drives you, what hunger you have. So if you're the type that you brought your whole entire life, you were funny, you made people laugh. Well, guess what? Your calling is to be a comedian. Or if you were to type that, you wouldn't spend a bad dollar. You would always know how to count your pennies and you were real good with doing that and managing money where well, your gift is being an accountant. Or if people always brought problems to you. You were always the problem sir, solver. Guess what? Your gift is, mm -hmm. your calling is being a psychologist. Right? Mm -hmm. So we just have to stop chasing money a lot of people do that, right? They're so busy chasing money, but that's not what they were meant to do because the spirit was leading them in the direction of where they were being breadcrumb, Terry, to go in a certain direction. But for the love of money and the sense of fear of not having it, right, and acquiring it, they got into Bitcoins and that, and, and there's the Bitcoins and, and their heart is not there, their passion is not there. Right, and they wonder why they don't do well. Because you weren't called to do that. You weren't meant to do that. The spirit wasn't leading you to do that. What was leading you to do that was fear. Right? Right. right. The voice between your ears. Between your ears. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you're gonna go with the I'm... trend. Okay, now money's into this, so I need to get into that. Or money's into this, I need to get into that. Nothing could be further from the truth in terms of you as an individual, child of God, right? God is staring you in one direction and you're going in another. And you wonder why you're making all this money, but you're miserable doing it. Yeah, you make a lot That's of money. That's true. You make a lot of money, absolutely, but you'd be miserable doing it. Right? And for what would it profit the man if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? You're making all this money, but you're soulless. You're empty inside. What's mm. the point? That's the point. You know, so it all goes and back to spirit. Goes back to your spirit. You know, you have to, you know, train yourself if you if if you're not that person by nature to listen to your spirit, not your mind. Your mind is where fear is manufactured. There you go. That's where 
that you know you have reservations. That's what that's, that's what fear like you know reservations for. Absolutely, how you know, you and you hear something, it. Something is how you treat it, and how you treat it is how it becomes. Renee Des right. Renee Descartes, the French philosopher, said, "How you see something is how you, I think. Therefore, I, be, I think. Therefore, I am." These are his mm -hmm. exact words. I think. Therefore, I am. How a man thinketh, so will she. As a woman thinketh, so will she. And as you continue to think, so you shall remain. Thoughts create things. That's a basic law of attraction principle. Thoughts create things, right? So right. how you see things is how you treat it. So if you see life as being challenging and, and insurmountable, that's how you're going to treat it. And it's going to be insurmountable. Mm -hmm. I, I say to people all the time, Bruce, it's like your thought process is like, you know, we grew up in an era where, you know, Kool-Aid was a, was a was a real big thing. Like, you know, mm -hmm. hey, I want, and it, it wasn't even cherry, it was I want, I want red, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so with that being said, it's like I tell people all the time, like, listen, your thought process is like that package of Kool-Aid. You know, if you don't add water and sugar, you just have powder, you, you know, and, 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 and the enemy that's where he's going to attack you. Your enemy is going to always attack your mind. He's going to always try to put those, you know, those seeds of fear and doubt. And it's just up to you. You know, you, you have the ability to dictate and determine how you, re you receive whatever the devil throws at you. Exactly. It's your job to figure out like, okay, you know what? I'm having these, 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 um, these thoughts of fear, these thoughts of doubt, whatever. To me, when that happens to people, I'm like, that means you have a calling on you. Because mm -hmm. if you didn't have a calling on you, then let's face it, the enemy would leave you alone because you're mm -hmm. already doing his work. You're doing his work. But if you have a if you have a calling on you, mm -hmm. then he doesn't want you to get to your destination. So let's face it, he can't let you get to your destination. So he has to cloud your judgment. He has to put those that 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 fear and that it's doubt, right. and he'll use those closest to you. Because let's face it, in our community, sad but true, we are rooted in that place called fear, and we sometimes sad but unfortunately true. We project that fear onto those around us. It could be it can be your closest friend. It could be those in your family. People can't see for you what they can't see for themselves, mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. And, and 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 you mentioned T.D. Jakes. I, I I I will admit, man, I was that kid that it was a brother in the, in the community. You know, I'm born and raised in West Virginia. I've been in in the you know the New Jersey, New York area since college graduation many moons ago. But I still claim West Virginia all day, every day. That's home. Always will be. And um, it was a brother in the community. He had a, a brown hoopty and. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids would make fun of his car. You know, he, he didn't even have the resources, I'm assuming, to repair his bumper. So what he did, and I guess he was, you know, it was his, you know, by his own level of ingenuity. You know what? Rather than, you know, allocate these resources to fix this bumper, I'm going to be innovative. And I'm going to take a rope mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to hold the bumper up so it didn't mm -hmm. come off. Mm -hmm. Well, that brother... At the time, I believe he probably still was a janitor, mm -hmm. which, um, you know, in addition to that, he had something that I'm sure he was passionate about. Mm -hmm. He he had a ministry. It was a mm -hmm. small ministry at that. I believe his ministry at the time, we grew up in what we call the city in Charleston, but his ministry was further out, maybe an hour away. Mm -hmm. Bruce, I think the brother had like eight members. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Last I checked, that brother has a congregation of 20,000. Absolutely. Because because he listened to his spirit, That's right. not his mind. Not his mind. And yeah. the person and the, and the person in question is Bishop TD Jakes. There you go. Absolutely. And let me say this to you. I'm good. thanks for sharing that by the way. Let me say this to your audience. Out of a 100 things we fear, only 8 comes to pass. And four of those things that come to pass is good things. Love that. Mm. That part. So what does that mean? We do a lot of fearing, right? About something that might happen. And nine out of ten times, it doesn't even happen. You take, for instance, somebody that has a fear of their mother transitioning. And then they wind up transitioning before their mother does. She winds up burying mm -hmm. them. And they're so busy in that right. moment. Like, oh, my God. That's going to be so tough when my mother transitions and then she wind up burying up. Right. 
that fear didn't even come to pass for that individual because that person transitioned before she did. You know, or people that get caught up in, you know, wanting to be likable uh, or wanting to be accepted and all of these different things. The bottom line is, you know, there's people that's going to like you, not like you, love you, not love you. There's this thing called the 25% rule of hate. I'm going to break it down for you. 25% mm-hmm. of people will start out loving you and end up hating you. 25% mm. of people start out hating you and end up loving you. 25% of people start out loving you and end up loving you. And 25% of people start out hating you and end up hating you. So mm. there's no point in being concerned about that. People are going to love you. People are going to hate you. People are going to start out loving you and end up hating you. Start out, start out hating you and end up loving you. Start out loving you and end up loving you. Why are you concerned about that? Right? All you could do is just show up as the best person that you can be and attract the best person spiritually and vibrationally because opposites don't attract. Terry, that's in chemistry, not in human relationships. Like is drawn to like. Opposites don't attract mm-hmm. in relationships. Van Sensen and Acts of Faith, you attract who and what is on your way. Esther Hicks says you attract by your words and your vibrational countenance. Right? If you had a shot at human beings having a spiritual experience or spiritual beings having a human experience. Dr. Wayne Dyer said it's not the notes that makes the music, it's the silence in between the notes that makes the music because we're like tuning for us. So you attract who and what you are. You attract what is on your vibrational ray, right? So if you want to attract women or men, if you want to attract a good mate, be a good mate. Mm-hmm. If you want to attract love, be love. Right? The Buddha said there's no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. Right? So happiness is not something that you look and find. No. Be happy. Happiness is the way. Being happy attracts happy things, people, places, and things. Right? Absolutely. You know? And you and you hear about the law of attraction, and, and that's, that's a real thing. I mean, because you hear... Whether it's misery loves company, if you're a miserable person, you're going to find yourself around miserable people. And, you know, also as far as the, the, the you know, what you've touched on, as far as the things that come to mind, most of which don't don't come to pass. You know, you've heard when we were young and even in our adulthood, the devil is a lie. Mm-hmm. The devil is between your ears. Between your ears. You know, the devil is in a... We overblame him. Absolutely. The absolutely. Like, Damn, you overblaming me. Why are you giving me all this... You blaming everything. Right. We over blame him. And all he is is a suggestion. <laughs> That's all he is. is a suggestion. That's all he could do is suggest. The devil is not omnipresent. That's the biggest lie in the world, bro. The devil's not everywhere. It makes you mm. think he's everywhere. Only God is omnipresent, not the devil. Right? So we over blame mm. him and be honest. Oh, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. The devil is. The devil didn't make you do it. You did that. Because you're mm-hmm. selfish and you have those characteristics and those tendencies but he didn't make you do anything all he did was suggest absolutely so you know what as we close out man what's what's something that you would like to leave our listeners and viewers with as far as number one how can they become a part of the geniuses common movement how can they reach a brother like you if they want to have you come out and speak at their college or university or at their corporate event or you know be a be a panelist you know where right. they're Absolutely. amplifying black excellence similar to what we're doing i would i would first of all thank you for sharing that um the platform again for me to be able to express what i've expressed thank you for blessing me to be on your show prepare to take off is super super dope um, i'm humbled to be you know on your show um they can go to geniusescommon.com. Nothing is spelled funny. I'm going to be a part of the Geniuses Common Movement. Uh, I'm aging myself putting www. <laughs> geniusescommon.com. G-E-N-I-U-S-I-S-C-O-M-M-O-N.com. It's going to switch to .me when we get there. So geniusescommon.com or .me. Um, as far as myself, I'm, I'm, I'm Google verified. I'm put my name Bruce George. I'm number one on Google and I'm Google verified. You put my name in, I'm accessible all over the place, you know, and yeah, I would love for you to uh, join the movement. Uh, my advice to people is to, you know, to just trust yourself, right? Have faith in yourself. If you have a God in your life, have faith in God. If you don't 
believe in God, if you believe in source energy, have faith in that source energy. Whatever it is that you have, you have to have faith in something, you know, because that's going to be the fuel that's going to get you through the vicissitudes of life, the challenges in life. Everything into R and into B. You know, things are not going to be rosy all the time. There's going to be times when things get a little dry, you know, and then there's going to be times when everything you're in harvest and everything is just, you know, blooming. And then there's going to be times when things get a little on the dry side, but your faith is going to carry you through that. Your passion is going to carry you through that. You know, that's my advice. And that's dope, man. And Bruce, man, I just want to thank you for, you know, being our first guest on Prepare for Takeoff. Thank you. It's an honor. And, oh, absolutely, man. I, I definitely had to, you know, make make sure you, you was our first guest, man. You, you've been 10 toes down with me for years. Absolutely. You're the embodiment of black excellence. You're the very brother, you know, whether it's you or other peers in your circle, um, we, we want to amplify that excellence that we know that's in our community. A lot of people may not be aware of all of the jewels that they have around them. You know, mm -hmm. I've been blessed enough to have people like you in my circle, but then there's many people who they don't have access to people like you. They don't realize all of the different things that people who look like them are doing and are involved in. So mm -hmm. what I want to do with this platform is to, is to shine a light on people like yourself, shine a light on mm -hmm. all of the different things that allow us to tap into who we are and what we're meant to be as far as great, you know, as far as the original ones, you know, we're the, we are the originators of excellence and you are the embodiment of that, man. So I just wanted to thank you for being on this. Hey man, I appreciate you, bro. So, you know, wanted to, once again, thank you for being on the show and just wanted to encourage everybody to continue to tune in, you know, on a weekly basis, we're going to bring you somebody that's going to definitely keep you cap captivated and motivated, you know. Yep. So once again, thanks, everybody, for watching. And next week, we'll continue to allow you to see the best way you can prepare for takeoff. Yeah, for takeoff. Appreciate you. God bless. Peace. Salute. Salute.